This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Good evening, Crystal Palace fan show, George Riley here with uh, Nick Gillard and James Howard. Obviously my first time meeting these two gentlemen, I said, Nick, is it Gillard with a hard G? Yep. I said, yes, that should be my nickname. From now on, it is. <laughs> so James Howard and hard G uh, for the next uh, hour. <laughs> You're still trying to think up a nickname for me now, are you? <laughs> I'll, I'll get there, we've got an hour, don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, I said just before the news, by the way, um, that Manchester City was goalless. Yeah, join the news, they've scored. It is Man City 1, West Ham nil. 32 minutes on the clock. Uh, City are leading that one a goal to know on Spurs, getting going in the Champions League. We'll keep our eye on that. And a reminder on Love Sport Radio, uh, between 10 and 11, I'll be with Charlie Hawkins for the post-match fan show to discuss all of last night's, uh, this night's football, I should say, uh, and other issues uh, as well. Bit of Marcus Rashford chat, I'm sure. But for the next hour, the Crystal Palace fan show. And Jen, she just said to me, we did all our moaning last week, I'm not really sure what we're going to do well you can carry on moaning, that's fine by me I don't mind. It's a difficult one because yeah, I was in last week and uh, the topics are the same, well similar topics um, and I put it out there to the fans and said look, you know we still want to discuss this thing about Roy Hodgson and are we all happy, what do we want to do but no one's really responding there's very very few tweets or responses so um, I- I'm struggling to sort of get 
an overall opinion and, and where people are, where fans are about Roy. Um, I'm not going to, I mean, I might forgive me for repeating myself. Um, my position is, is still the same. I think that, um, I think we need to definitely review it at the end of the season. We need to prepare for the probability that Roy will be going. Um, we need to look for someone else who we can fund going forward. I'd, wouldn't be confident myself in spend in in the club spending a lot of money on players that Roy wants, um, and that's purely it's based on what I've seen recently, the way we've played, and also taking into account Roy's age and you know is he going to be here in a couple of years' time? And you know what it's like. Different managers come in; they don't like the players that we've got. They're under very very expensive contracts, which is difficult to get out of. So that's where I sit on this one. I, I don't know about you, Nick, but. It's it's been a nice kind of winter break. Even at the uh, back of the Nest Towers, uh, WhatsApp has mm-hmm. been very, very, very quiet. It's starting to build up a bit. Now we're getting nearer to a game. I think it a lot depends or hinges on how we play on Saturday. Um, whether Roy Hodgson sticks with his formulaic, we've all got to stay in position. Whether we're attacking or defending, let's be very difficult to break down. But let's not have a Scooby about trying something different when it's needed. Um, thinking about what we could talk about today, players win player of the month and they're not picked. Um, it, it's just there's, there's a malaise around and I think Palace fans were quite glad not to have a Saturday where we we were moaning because we'd just seen such ineptness. I'm, you know, six points off the drop, it's... It's not looking good. It's been nice to have some time off and de well, losing, losing becomes as much as a habit as winning, in, in my experience. And when that is happening, you just sometimes need to walk away and think, right, OK, let's take stock here. It does. I mean, you know, it's very easy to go to a game and then, if, for example, if we win 2-0 two, two Saturday, you know, does everyone change opinion overnight? And of say, course well, they will. They're, they're so fickle. It's ridiculous. It's like, the, yeah, Mr Fickle. Um, but personally, you know... I was like, I was a little bit like that at the, at the beginning of the season, and um, I was very, very much behind Roy last season overall. I've had some doubters in here, and I was defending Roy to the hilt. But uh, the last, especially this year, uh, last couple of months, I, I think even if we win Saturday, yeah, I've said out on here, I think we'll be comfortable. I think we'll stay up. I think Roy is the manager to keep us up. Uh, but I would still, even if we win, I think I'd, I'd still be in a situation where I'd want to get a replacement. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about, about Hodgson and the options there, if he stays, if he goes, if he does go, who next? We'll, do, we'll talk about that uh, after half eight, and then we'll talk a little bit about the opposition view and have a look at, at, at Newcastle, the next opponents. For the next half hour, well, we're going to talk actually about someone who, who, is, <laughs> who is bagging in the goals. Uh, Alexander Sorloff, that's that's quite strange. We'll, we'll come on to that yeah. in, in due course. But I mean, you mentioned the, the winter break and the, the, you know the, yeah. the little bit of a break. But if effectively the players have have had a winter break because it's been so long since it, it's like, it's almost like they're the clocked off. It's it's weird the way it's been done over two weeks. Yeah. It it was I didn't like the fact that we we played the first weekend, where I think perhaps we could have done with a week off before. Yeah. But it was the same for for the teams that were playing that weekend. Um, a few of the players have tweeted, or the club's tweeted, some of the players are out in Dubai at the moment. Mm. Ho- hopefully they're back by now. <laughs> um, doing warm weather training. I don't know what the... Um, and how, what, as fans, do you feel about that when you're on this 
monster losing run since since what Boxing Day, and, and your 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 players are tweeting they're in Dubai. Well, I know I, it's whether it's training or not. I don't have a problem with it. No, I think because I know the, there's a lot of people who think would like to see him on a on a muddy, rainy training I, pitch here. I can't fault the commitment of the players personally. I really can't. I think the players are putting in the shifts to the best of their ability. I I have a strong criticism of of who's pl- of, of the management and the style of of how we're playing. Uh, that's my concern. I I don't think there's any player out there that is not putting a decent shift in, and I think they rightly, as with every club in the Premier League, you know they deserve the winter break because that's what's that's what everyone's having these days. And yeah, if your championship. Well, no, but yeah, you know they play more games. They, they're more deserving of a winter break than perhaps the Premier League. Yeah, Tuesday, Saturday games. in those leagues. Um, if so, so if there's no if there's no fault in the players' effort, then it's a lack of quality, right? It's a lack of quality. No, no. It's, I think it's the way they're set out to play. Yeah, I think we've been rumbled. Right. I think we've always been rumbled. So it's working uh, for a while, climbed the table, and now everyone's worked Palace out, and it's going south. Yeah, um, that and a lack of a plan B. Um, we've got players coming back in. Andros Townsend didn't really feature the last game, did he? When we were crying for for somebody attack-minded to come on, and um, he brings on Kuati. Is it to, for me? He's just lacks in making a decision, and he's not brave enough. Uh, and I think that it's all very well not being brave enough when you're coming up against maybe Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea. But I think you've got to really be brave when you're playing the likes of Sheffield United, Southampton, because they're the games that we should really be trying to win or or at least try to get back into a game. And sometimes the substitutions are, are too late and you feel that he's just hanging on with the hope of, of getting a point out of it. And it's it's now coming back to haunt us and we are down in the bottom half of the Premier League and it's not serious but it could be if it did continue our next games are against teams around us on points and I think Newcastle are one point ahead of us it's we just need to get out of this malaise it's I'm I'm just hoping the break does really work because you know a bit of bonding getting away a couple of players closer back to to being full fitness Um, it's just suck and see I do know that I'm not exactly excited about going at the weekend as much as I would have been having, having seems like ages since we've been and I'm I just do we have to go and, and watch that rubbish although <laughs> I did castigate a few people on social media who said they weren't going to buy a season ticket next year if it carries on like this which kind of takes you to the argument is football entertainment or is it a kind of quasi-religious experience where you go week in, week out, and you just well, you do it. Go with the flow, and we were talking about this on the fan shows on on Monday night. It's it's the paying for and investing the time in the suffering that makes the all the good stuff worthwhile. That doesn't feel as good if you're not doing all the bad stuff. And it doesn't. It really winds you up when you see people on Twitter saying, "I've had enough of this. I'm going to support another team." You can't no, do you that. Don't. Well, that's not an option. <laughs> no, it's not. And it, it's just it's it's cheap entertainment now. I went to Bromley the other week. Uh, when we weren't playing. Or just for a day out? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Bromley Town. Um, National League, they're doing all right in the playoff places. But it was great. Yeah. It was just a lovely atmosphere. Tenor to get in for Palace season ticket holders if you if you ever rock up there. And the drink's cheap. And the football is football. And what you see on the pitch is what you get in. None of this VAR, VAR nonsense. You haven't got moments scratching your head wondering... 
you know, What's why has the purple screen come up? And yeah, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's maybe I'm falling out of love with the game. Who knows? Oh, maybe it's don't the, say that at twelve minutes past eight. <laughs> maybe it's the, the uh, delightful February weather outside that's could, uh, could well cheering be. me up on the way in. But no, it, it, we need something to pick us up, and I'm I'm certainly hoping that the supporters on Saturday actually do something to try and lift the team rather than go in there with a negative attitude such as I've got at the moment. At the table reading upwards, you might want to turn the radio down for this bit, is, is Norwich drop bottom on, eight, on 18 points, Watford 24, West Ham 24. That is the relegation zone. That is the bottom three in the Premier League. Uh, then it's Villa hovering on 25, Bournemouth 26, Brighton 27, and then comes Palace, a little bit of a, a buffer on 30. And then there's, what, four teams now on 31, just a point. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, you know, there's only a point from Arsenal. If you, look, you know, it depends whether you're looking over your shoulder or you're looking upwards. It's a crazy league. I, I watched the Southampton game at the weekend. They look rubbish compared to yeah. how they played against us. The teams just aren't consistent at all. Maybe we're just on a, a downward trajectory and we'll, we'll come up again because it has always been a roller coaster. And Roy did, does seem to come one or two results short of people questioning whether he should be there and then he'll win one or two and then we'll go on a run of poor results again it's it's difficult but kind of not... treading water and just staying afloat in, in terms of the manager we'll come we'll come to the manager and talk about talk about selection but in terms of the, i mean i mentioned the run and the winless runners as you guys well know but how bad is the form how, how bad is it to watch at the moment it's poor it, like nick said it, it's it, you're going through the motions just turning up to watch, watch us play um it's a very very um strange situation uh, watching Palace because there are a number of teams that we can beat. Uh, unfortunately, we're not we're not giving ourselves the best opportunity to beat those teams. Now, you know, Andros Townsend is one of our best players, ex England player, very skillful. You know, last game he or last couple of games, I think he was on the bench. So you just have to question if he's on the bench. Surely he should be coming on, or, or, or better still, he should start the game and maybe maybe go off maybe questionably he's injured well if he's injured why put him on the bench it just doesn't make sense so and what the knock-on effect is that when a player like Andros Townsend doesn't play then the only other really skillful creative player you've got is Wilfred Zaha so the opposing team are surrounding Wilfred Zaha and marking him up with you know three players Um, and it's a struggle for Wilf to get into the game and then he tends to drop back to try to get the ball and it's affecting his game. Whereas when Andros plays, he's on one side, Wilf's on the other. 
the opposing team has to consider both of these players because they're both exceptionally talented players and can score wonder goals and create wonder, wonderful things. So we are desperate. I personally am desperate for Townsend to get back into the team. And I would be hoping that he will be starting on Saturday. And that will not only be helpful for him to play, but also I think it will help Wilf as well. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Let me just play devil's advocate, right, and side with the manager here. He works with these players. He sees these players every day and works with them on training. We don't. We, we don't know what is going on in training. We don't know how he is coming to his selection decisions. He is coming to those decisions with a lot more to go on than we have. We're just thinking, well, what's going on there? Yeah. So do we not trust him? Think, well, he must be right because he works with these guys. He know, if, if he is worth a place in that side, then he's getting in the side, is he not? Yes, but the, the old adage is if you keep doing the same thing over again yeah, yeah. and not getting the right results so you've you got to change it but it's just Definition occurred, madness, yeah. it's just occurred to me sitting here maybe the, the magic ingredient that's been missing is Jeffrey Schlupp did our downturn start when Jeff got injured and this much maligned player might actually be the uh, <laughs> the magic piece of the jigsaw <laughs> that um, Dirk charges us up because he was getting the goals in he'd go forward he looked like he wasn't doing much but how much do we miss Jeff? No, I've I've always been a big fan of Jeffrey Schlepp, and I think he's he was he's been injured, hasn't he, for a yeah. little while, and he's possibly still injured. I hope he does come back soon. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's personally. I don't think it's down to him. Um, I I think that we are too heavy in the midfield with non-creative players, and that is where we are completely set up. I mean, you know, Jeffrey Schlepp is, yeah, he's he's a he's an all-round player he can he can be a little bit more creative than some but there's other players there on the bench that can come in and 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 mix up the midfield and I've said last week you know we could we could have brought we could have kept our fullback who is our player of the month uh and brought back um Van Arnholt and maybe put him at midfield and been a bit more attacking that way there's there's loads of different ideas but what worries me and what frustrates me is that Roy doesn't seem to change. He doesn't try things and he doesn't change things. It's just the same old... And you just know when you turn up at a home game that, and you see the, the team sheet, you think, right, OK, he's, he's setting us up not to lose rather than trying to win. So is that st- if, if he's not doing things that all you guys in the crowd are crying out for, is that stubbornness? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice if he could just come out and explain the situation a bit more, maybe post-match and then you know if he'll, like, he'll feel he doesn't have to won't he? he doesn't have to but it's a results business and yeah. we're, we're, we're going we're south <laughs> we're going south yeah. and to be honest with you I think he needs to explain yeah. himself because he's going to be out of a job yeah. otherwise I wouldn't disagree we'll talk more about Roy Hodgson's position and a lack of goals where they're going to come from where might they have come from if things worked out differently we'll do all that uh, in the next half hour or so, it is uh, the Crystal Palace fan show. Nick Gillard, Hard G, uh, James Howard, <laughs> and George Riley. At 18 minutes past eight, this is Love Sport Radio. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. <coughs> uh, with George Riley uh, tonight and the boys from the uh, Back of the Nest podcast. Uh, Hard G and James Howard. <laughs> uh, that's Nick Gillard, if you're just joining in, thinking, what on earth is he on about? Um, goals. Where are they coming from? Crystal Palace have scored fewer goals than anyone, I think, in the Premier League. I was clearing out the loft today. That was one of the many well, half-term just, jobs. And I nice came across the 1992-93 video um, 
there were so many goals scored in that. I thought, right, I'm quids in here. Had a quick look on the uh, famous auction site. How much do you think the 92, 93 video goes for? Goes for now? Yeah, what do you reckon? I don't know, 20 quid? £3.50 was the, was the highest price. So that was I'm, really? I'm, I'm not even going to make money out of postage on that one. But no, that I was looking at that and I was thinking about goals. And it was the old Palace way. Down the wings, cross the ball in, decent Edera. We'll put the ball away. We had it with um, Solarco and McGoldrick supplying right and bright. We had the uh, Zaha and Balassi supplying Murray. We had Hilaire supplying Dave Swindlehurst. He's always been seen as a Palace way. Now, we've got two players now. We've got Benteke, who can certainly head the ball when he wants to. And we've got um, Tosin from Everton, who seems a very similar player. Whether Sorloff... What I saw of Sorloff, and we'll talk about him in a minute, uh, he was just one of the worst players I've ever seen. So it's, <laughs> it's you know, that's you've got to remember that with that argument. But we've got these players who can score goals, but I don't think we're playing to their strengths. And I don't think that's Roy's way of playing. The way that we play under Allardyce was so different compared to Roy. And Benteke got 17 that season. Well, that's that's absolutely my question on the lack of goals. And it, and it is clearly an issue for Palace, who scored fewer goals than anyone else. 23 goals scored. The bottom two have scored one more than that. 24, uh, both Norwich and Watford. It's always the strikers who get blamed, obviously, when, mm. when teams aren't scoring. But is it always the strikers' fault? Or is, as you allude to, is it the style of play? Is it the lack of chances? Because if you're not creating chances, it doesn't matter who you got up from. Yeah. You can't, you know... <laughs> You've got to be able to allow your 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 wingers or fullbacks to to bomb down the wing to get those crosses in, and it's clear that they're being restricted, or we're just not playing the players that can do that. Um, and Wilf is, uh, you know, he wants to cut inside quite a lot of the time. I think Patrick van Arnholt would would be an ideal option to try um, at, you know. Uh, because when he plays fullback, he does try to get forward. But maybe, you know, we could have, could have tried to push him in midfield, left midfield. And then bring Andros Townsend back on the right-hand side, push him down the two, two crosses of the ball. And then you could have Wilf in a more central position with Benteke. And then you've not only got a target man as Benteke who's a great you know I've been a critic criti- I've always criticised Benteke but he's a fantastic header of the ball in the penalty oh, area yeah. give you that <laughs> what about Jordan he's our best player at the moment he's, I, I enjoy watching Ayu more than than I enjoy watching Wilf at the moment so you've just got rid of him completely well he likes I'd, a wonder goal yeah I'd argue that he were well so does Townsend I'd yeah, argue yeah, true, that yeah. he'd be just as effective as Townsend out on the left a bit more because that's that's more of his natural position on the left hand side yeah yeah possibly um i don't see him as a crosser of the ball though yeah i'm just thinking how we're going to get the balls in the penalty area for the likes of benteke to feed off uh and you know if he doesn't feed off and he's not got a, 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 you see benteke has actually been improving recently and i know he got a bit of a a, luck, a, a lucky goal the other i like day. him i like him um, but but personally you know i've been very critical of him recently but he actually has been playing reasonably well uh, he's been holding the ball up keeping the ball winning fouls free kicks and yeah he scored uh, a goal uh, last time out but um, but yeah, I agree. It's it's not easy when you're just up there on your own to 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 create something and score. So um, we 
but then you know Roy has got th three very very defensive minded midfield players mm. that will just sit back and tackle hold the ball and you know they're not going to be bombing up and down the pitch so quickly so yeah I think it's time for a change of, of if it's not working then then have a plan B like like we said earlier well you mentioned Alexander Soloff let's speak about him for a bit he was signed for nine million quid was it yep um a couple of years ago from FC Michelin, 2018, Norwegian, didn't score in 16, I think, in the Premier League, went out on loan uh, the second half of that season to, to Belgium, to Ghent, and he's now uh, on loan in Turkey at Trabzonspor for, for a couple of years. Uh, let's find out how he's doing. Jakob Marafoglu is uh, the Trabzonspor correspondent um, for the Football Turkey podcast. Good evening. Welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Hey, thanks for having me. How's he doing? He's, he's doing a lot better there, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's really unbelievable. He's like the revelation of uh, of the squad of the league, and uh, it's unbelievable to have him. Well, they, these guys have just said he's he's probably the worst striker they've seen playing. <laughs> and yeah, you're, you're saying that you're saying the complete opposite. How many? What, he scored sixteen, seventeen top scorer. Um, at the moment, he's the top scorer. He scored seventeen in twenty-one games and assisted five. Wow! So he's he's he's, he's unbelievable for us. And um, before, he, before he came over to us, I talked with a couple of Crystal Palace fans and I only uh, heard bad stuff about him. Um, so, so for a lot of fans, it was like, a, uh, like an unknown, unknown transfer. But uh, it's unbelievable how good it, uh, is, how good it has panned out for us. So, uh, yeah, hi, it's James here. Um, so hi. do you think it's a confidence thing with Sorloff? Or do you think that um, it's because of the the league he's playing in? Yeah, it could know. just be that it's a it's a rubbish league, and that's why he's scoring goals. <laughs> well, I, obviously the the Turkish league isn't uh, on par with uh, with the EPL. Um, but um, when, when you when you when you look at our midfield, when you look at how the team is playing, it it isn't like a surprise to see him perform well. Um, I've heard from a couple of fans, from uh, from a couple of Crystal Palace fans, that not all of it is his blame. But you know, if you play like 24 games and only score once, it you can you can you can kind of search for it, uh, search for the blame on him. But our midfield is just so accommodating. It's, it's we play an attacking style of football, and um, every time that Solos on the pitch, he he just looks like a class apart. You know, he just looks like a, a class higher than pretty much everyone on the pitch. You're right there, Jakob. Um, did he did he fall into the role really quickly then, or did it take him a little bit of time before he started uh, banging the ball in? Well, he he scored on his debut, so um, <laughs> he didn't he didn't wait uh, to see to 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 uh, to show us what uh, what we needed, and um, we had uh, a striker that left us, so we were in desperate need of a striker. He he the moment we got him, he it was known that he was going to be our starting striker, and. Um, the the coaches just immediately figured out what's the best way to play him and it 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 keeps working out for us what kind of goals has he been scoring he scored 17 goals i don't expect you to reel them all off uh, and tell me exactly what they're all like but what what kind of goals have there been nice team moves and tappings have there been wonder goals have there been individual strikes have there been headers from crosses as the boys were talking about getting the balls into the box for a benteke what what type of goals has he been scoring I mean, he's he's pretty much doing everything. He he's he scored a couple of headers. Um, he we didn't big... want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's it's kind of hard for you guys to hear it, but um, we had a big game against Fenerbahce like a couple of weeks ago. Um, he got the ball, um, controlled it with his weak foot, with his right foot, and finished it with his left. 
He's so composed in front of goal, and it's it's, it's pretty much unbelievable. He's been banging in. He's been banging it in from from pretty much every angle, is and that, uh, heading it in, just doing pretty much everything. It's unfortunate we've got a Turkish correspondent. Dr. is normally in the studio with us, but he's uh, he's actually flown out to Turkey today to go and watch Fenerbahce, and the words that were coming out of his mouth. Um, when he was saying that Solov played really well against Fenerbahce. Um, DR seemed to think that they weren't a very good team beforehand. They were a fair to middling team. Have they really come up the ranks that quickly with Solov's help? I mean, Trabzonspor is, is one of the uh, one of the historical teams in Turkey. It's, it's a traditional uh, big four team um, that just, you know, they, they can't compete with wages with the, with the big Istanbul teams. And um, last year we had a resurgence with, um, you know, the team is known as a team that um, emphasizes on the youth. And um, we seem to have struck with a golden generation and the youth players are just pretty much taking the team to another level. And, yeah, we were, we were doing pretty well. Um, we were doing pretty awful like a couple of years ago, like on the brink of bankruptcy. But the oh new club president just brought everything back. And, um, you know, Solot seems to be the cherry on top. But it's 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 not fair to say that it's like it's it's only because of him. Um, it's it the team just seems more structured at the moment, and he seems like a perfect fit um, for that structure. He's got a lot of interest from English clubs. I, yeah. I don't even think that Crystal Palace can buy him back now. I've, as far as I know, the contract is that you've got a seven million euro purchase option on him. What we're getting reports of in England is that. Clubs like Marseille are looking at buying him the day after you buy him off us, or Aston Villa, or I think Southampton were another team that that were after him. What do you know about that, or would Trabzon Spor be looking to hold on to him? I mean, uh, Trabzon Spor is one of uh, one of a couple teams in Turkey that is on the stock exchange. So every time we do a transfer, um, we just pretty much notify what the deal is and what 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 the player is getting paid and what we paid for him. Uh, the deal with Sorloth at the moment is we paid, um, if I'm not mistaken, we paid Crystal Palace like 100k um, for as a as a loan fee. He, we pay him 1.5 million euros a year on a salary, and uh, we the option we have is six million euros. And if he plays more than half the games next year, um, we have to use that option. Um, I think that the right way, uh, the, the the smart thing for Trabzonspor to do at the moment is just you know just let him play, let him play next year, and then buy him after next year if he keeps performing the way he does, because you know it it he's been so good, and if we, if if we manage to play in Europe, his uh, stock will only go up, and um, you know with Norway with with Norway having such a talented squad, and with the Euros coming up, it can only go up. It's, it's so really it's bad. It's bad for you guys, but it's it's it, it, it keeps working out pretty well for us. It's just really baffling that he's doing so well because he's about the the only player that I've seen play for Palace worse than Patrick Bamford, and that is a <laughs> that is not a very high bar. <laughs> it, it, it seriously, I, it's unbelievable. I know you're speechless. Um, it is it is a strange situation, but I'm really. Uh, angry with with the club i'm not angry because we loaned him out because personally i didn't think he's good enough and i still don't think he's good enough um in the premier league and there's been a number of players that have been very very good for us in the championship and they just haven't cut it in the premier league one of those um players that i will give you an example of is is gail um is at newcastle um now i'm 
not disappointed we loaned him out, but I can't believe that we didn't have the we we can't retain him and that we have to sell him for this price. I mean that that just seems ludicrous. Um, that's disappointing because we've basically you know given him a chance to get fit, um, do well, and quite clearly we're going to lose money on the deal. And you guys can make or sorry the the Trubs and Spur can make a, a profit overnight. Um, of you know maybe seven million if we talk about the bids that are coming in, so um, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, I don't personally think that he's good enough for our league, but I'm disappointed that we've yet again orchestrated a financial deal that is just gonna you know it's just just really kicked us in the teeth. Yeah, can I um I pick your brains about another Turkish player that Palace is supposedly in- interested in plays for Fenerbahce, uh, Ozan Tufan. Um, what do you know about him? Should, um, is he good enough for the Premier League? Um, well, I, you know, you know, Ozan Tufan is 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 such an such an enigma of a person. To be honest, um, he was one of the one one of the bigger talents a couple of years ago. Um, made a big move, transferred to Fenerbahce, and ever since he just seems to be, you know, drop off a cliff. Um, he's he he is one of one of a one of the better players in my opinion. But um, the the big issue with him is just he's so inconsistent. Um, he had a lot of he had a lot of um, confidence issues that um, when he when he was at Fenerbahce the first time, that just you know kept getting worse and worse. And he got loaned out to a lesser team, and he performed pretty well. But you know at at the moment the Fenerbahce midfield uh, he's a midfielder. The Fenerbahce midfield is is pretty decent, and he he does get minutes. But but in my opinion. As I said, he's he's pretty inconsistent. He he has he has like one or, one or two good games, and then he follows it up with like three, four bad games. But it's it's like a, r- a rough diamond, you know. It, it needs to be polished. I I I've I've, I've even I've never even heard about him going to Crystal Palace, to be honest. Okay, I've got a question for you. You're probably aware that we've got a Turkish player called Saint Tosun with us um, yeah. that we got from Everton on loan. Uh, how does he compare with how with Sorloff as we as it stands at the moment? Um, I mean, I, I've watched Jenk a lot when he was at Besiktas. He was he was a really great player. The way he played at Besiktas is the way that um, you know he uh, the way he played at Besiktas is the way that Sorloff plays at Trabzonspor. Um, on paper, Sorloff is like the, the the striker, but he regularly just you know tracks back, gets the ball, distributes it. He regularly just switches to the left side of the pitch, right side of the pitch. He, he he isn't like a stationary guy, you know. And that is also like one of the biggest um, biggest advantages of having Cenk Tosun because he's a pretty nimble guy that can also do pretty you know pretty much everything. He's 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 pretty good in the air. He has a good shot. Unfortunately, he had like a. I think he's injured for you guys at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think he'll be back soon. I don't think it's a serious injury, but you know, if I if if you were if you were a manager of a team in Turkey at this present stage, would would you would you take Tosun up front or w- would you have Solov? I mean, at the moment, I might be bi- I might be biased because I'm you know because I'm a Trabzonspor fan, but I don't even think that Cenk Tosun replicated the 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 success that um, Solov is having at Trabzonspor right now at Besiktas. Uh. Um, you know, he seems just so unbelievable good, and you know, there's an age difference, obviously, but I would probably pick uh pick Sherlock because he's also like like a little bit taller a little bit stronger on the ball he's unbelievably strong 
Um, he seems to be both footed. It probably so a lot. Now, it's interesting you say that because we've been having a discussion here tonight about the use of players and our manager. You know, we feel that he doesn't really utilize a number of players uh, to the best of their ability. And this is obviously a prime example of maybe where we could have tried different um, different players in different situations. Uh, and, you know, clearly you, you rate Saul off quite highly. Um, and we, you know, we've we've pretty much given him away uh, and we're going to lose him. And we're going to we're going to lose money out of the whole deal. And there's a young player there that maybe could have broken into the team and, and done a lot better. Um, perhaps he wasn't supported in the way he should have been. And we and the manager or the team threw him on on games where you know he didn't get the support he, he, and it's not just down to himself it, it was down to the way that the team were playing so yeah that's interesting to hear uh, we're going to have I to mean, leave it there Jakob sorry we're, uh, we're running short time it's been brilliant having you on tonight really really interesting actually uh, and good to know there are goals somewhere <laughs> right now Jakob uh, Marafoglu the, uh, the Trabzon Sport correspondent for the uh, Football of the Turka podcast football strange isn't it it's so weird how it works it's just put a real downer on the whole evening <laughs> I can tell I'm really really you, you, you were you were dying for him to say Tosin when you were asking him who I, to... I just had to throw it out there because <laughs> so you've who got... would you pick please say Tosin and, and I'm thinking you know he knows his stuff because he's in he's in Turkey and he's watching Turkish yeah. football. he's a football journalist you know, it's his own team, and Saint Tosin is is a, is a much more experienced player. You know, he's done it at a good level, and you're thinking, "Wow, you know, what have we done?" It is the uh, the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport Radio. Uh, James Howard, Nick uh, Gillard from uh, the Back of the Nest podcast. We've got to look ahead to uh, the next game. It's Newcastle, and we'll do that before nine o'clock on Love Sport. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Yeah, Love Sport Radio, the Crystal Palace fan show. Nick Gillard, James Howard, me, George Riley. Really enjoyed that chat with our with our mate in Turkey. <laughs> Thanks. You, let, you didn't, did you? You let someone go because he can't score and he goes and scores 70. But I, I still, I know that was quite a quite harsh question to him. I said, is it just because the Turkish league is rubbish? But there's got to be an element of, I mean, the, that's not the Premier League, is it? And there's got to be a reason he can go from scoring nothing for Crystal Palace and then scoring every single game he's played. DR has conceded on, on this very show, sat in this very chair, that the Turkish league is maybe what we'd call the old third division. <laughs> yeah, so not league, great. League, league one, that would be in today's money, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, huge game in Newcastle next. We're going to talk about that in the next five minutes or so, up to the end of the show uh, at nine o'clock. A reminder, the Fulham fan show on the way between nine and ten. Then I'll be with uh, Charlie Hawkins uh, for uh, uh, the post-match fan show between ten and eleven. We've got a couple of games ongoing tonight uh, to have a look at as well in the Premier League. Manchester City in the second half now against West Ham, leading a goal to nil. And a check on the Champions League. Nothing to tell you about Tottenham and Leipzig. Uh, a goal to nil. What have you noticed on the on the City is game? A, is he given a decision there? Or I've absolutely no idea. I was concentrating on my radio show, mate. I was oh, well. uh, talk, <laughs> talking of Dr. Uh, just on our back of the nest chat. Dr. Yeah. has just appeared on there. He might have been listening. Um, and um, 
Somebody just replied to him, well, I hope they get you for your national service while you're out there, which is lovely. <laughs> oh, that's he's, nice. He's been worried about that for ages. <laughs> Can you go and watch his beloved Fenerbahce without being called up? So, yeah. There we go. I mean, that's another that's another question entirely. We, <laughs> my, my plan was to do a little segment on Roy Hodgson, kind of now. We, we, it, it, it's a theme that's kind of been intertwined with the with the whole hour so far, which is completely understandable. But the question I will ask you, and you've alluded to it already, both of you, should he should he stay or should he go? Because there comes a point where where something's got to give. Oh, you first. Saturday is the litmus test for is me. Is it that big? I did. I did a, a rare appearance on the back of the Nest Review show straight after the last game, and I was disgusted from Tunbridge Wells. He couldn't say anything right. I, I, it was just. I've had enough of seeing the same thing. I just want to see us try. I know you said the players are all good, and I just want to see us have a bit of oomph or anything. Just to try and play forward. I mean, the, the Turkish correspondent, Jakub there, mm. was describing how I'd like to see our busy midfield. Yeah. I, I was almost harking. I was almost uh, going to change my team and start supporting them the way he was describing how they were playing. But, but when you say we, it's a litmus test at the, the weekend, you're not saying, all right, well, if, if it's another defeat, they might, they might get rid. But how many more? How many more times can we say so that? So it could be his last game? From, uh, it'll be the straw that breaks the camel's back for me, personally. Right. Um... I don't think he's... I think he's too set in his ways. And I don't want to criticise him because he's he's a legend. He's He's been behind us for kind of our best period in, in our history. He's but. kept us up. <laughs> and I, I don't, don't want to wanna, criticise, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't want to go all what Charlton did when they complained about Kerbishly because yeah. look where they are now. Yeah. Um, should we be thankful that we've got this mid-table mediocrity? I mean, it started when we were up to eight and we were one point off fifth, and people were saying, yeah, we could get into Europe now. And every time we, anybody on Twitter, Palace fans, says we can get into Europe, or somebody mentions Europe, that's it, we're fighting relegation that season. And I think we got a bit too ahead of ourselves. We got points too quickly. So we haven't had that urgency of needing to get points on the ball to be safe. So whether that's had a psychological, I can't say, psychological effect mm. on how we approach games, I don't know. Because as Brian Clough said, it should be a game at a time. Each game should be totally different and going for the three points in that. But it it doesn't seem to be like that anymore. Yeah, I, I'm I'm already I've made my mind up already, and and um, it's not because of one game. It's just a course of games uh, throughout last season and this season. Uh, this season, um, more so than last season, I've seen a trend there where we are just not. Um, well, I've, I've, I've talked about it already. My position on this is that Roy's contract is up at the end of the season. There's no need to panic. What we've done in the past is we've panicked. We've we've sacked managers just before the beginning of the season or we've lost managers before there's been a season or we've not given ourselves enough time to plan. What we've got here is we've got a manager that's end, out of contract at the end of the season, we've got a bit of time now where the owners can do their due diligence. Uh, they can have a look around for for potential other managers, whether it's home or abroad. Consider the options very, very carefully. I think we're safe. I think we'll be safe this season. And that's why I wouldn't be rash and say, even if we lose our next two games, he's got to go. Because I don't want a panic panic manager coming in. And I don't want a number two, like people say, Dougie Freeman. I, I don't want that. I, I think we just see it out to the end of the season. But personally, I would like a new manager 
not only would I look at a new manager for, for because of the way we're playing and I'm not happy with it, but also, as I've said before, because the club needs money spent on new players and I don't want Roy to be that person that's going to buy the players. I think we need somebody else to come in and have a what a what a money to go and spend on players and and let them do it but we need time to really think very hard and carefully about who comes in it's a huge game it's palace newcastle at the weekend and we'll have a look at that game next 8 46 on love sport radio giving your team a voice love sport radio the opposition view on love sport Huge game then, Palace and Newcastle. A huge game for Palace, huge game for the manager, Roy Hodgson. How are we feeling about it, boys? Lost the reverse leg, didn't they? Yeah, it was It was weird that um, Steve Bruce's son came out today and said that Steve Bruce, I think it was he made a big mistake leaving Palace back in the day when he had all the business with the gardening leave and mm. Palace played some brilliant football under him. I know it was championship, but we beat Norwich 4-2 one game, I think, and it was the best... I've seen us when Clinton was coming through. Um, I always like to see Steve Bruce look down at Sellers. He's he's does cut a nice forlorn figure when his team's losing, and, <laughs> and we I think he's managed every team we've played, hasn't he? Apart from Ipswich, um, they're they're a difficult team because they're like us. They seem to be going through a lot of injuries. They seem to be putting one or two results together and then being a bit abject. Um, they're letting in a lot of goals and. You know, I can talk being a Palace fan, us being bottom of the form table, but, you know, six points from six games is hardly smashing it either, is it? So, I I just hope we try and play like a home team, not an away team, because that's how we, we set up like an away team at home, and it's just... Yeah, it's, it's one of those games where we really need to get on the front foot straight away, and we have got the quality to win this game. Mm. Um, I think Newcastle um, is a good manager, yeah, um, and he will get them playing. And we could be suckered into you know a defensive game, which is what's happened on numerous occasions. So they are beatable, and um, I, I would like to think that that we will we will win that game. But um, who knows? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, by the way, has just scored for Manchester City, who now lead in the Premier League against West Ham by two goals to nil. Classic De Bruyne really strolled in, stroked under the goalie at the near post. The opposition view then uh, comes ahead of the Newcastle game from Steve Wraith from NUFC Matters. Evening, Steve. Hi, lads. You OK? Uh, we're all good. How are you feeling ahead of the weekend? Well, I tell you what, I'll drive Steve Bruce back to uh, Selhurst Park if uh, <laughs> if you want him that badly. Dear me, yeah, he's uh, he's not the he's not the messiah that, um, that we were hoping for <laughs> when Rafa Benitez left in August. Um, you know what? He's he's really done uh, something which we didn't expect. He's got thirty-one points, but it papers over the cracks. And I think you know, I was at the Palace game at St James's Park. Um, you know, we were very fortuitous to win that game. And, you know, I'm expecting nothing other than a, you know, a resounding defeat at Crystal Palace. I know neither team have, neither team have actually performed uh, in front of goal as well as they should have this season. Both struggled for goals. It's the battle of the two lowest scoring teams this weekend. But I think, I think Newcastle's on the crest of a slump at the minute. I think the cup run, the cup run is also papered over the cracks. Have you had a bad and day, think, Steve? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you how it is, lads. I'm trying to fill you with Can a I, bit more confidence. I've got um, to ask you this first before we move on. 
Yeah. Steve Bruce or Alan Pardew? You have to have one of them. Who would Alan it be? Alan Pardew, mate. Really? Alan Pardew. <laughs> I, I didn't. I've got to be perfectly honest. I didn't. I didn't clamour. I wasn't one of these Pardew out campaigners. I, I was. You know, I wasn't happy with Pardew either because he was another yes man, as as Bruce is. He's somebody who basically just nods his head and does whatever the owner wants him to do, which of course our previous manager Rafa wasn't. Um, and we're now in this position where you know we're in free fall. I think. I, I think that um, we've got under underperforming players. We've got um, the players that we brought in in the transfer window. I don't think have strengthened the team. We were crying out for a centre forward, as Palace have been, and we're chasing a midfielder allegedly for forty million pounds. We're bringing full backs, wing backs, and midfielders. We don't bring in a goal scorer, which is which is ludicrous when you when you think that goals win games and. Uh, you know, we will get found out. You can't go through a full season with your centre-halves and defenders scoring goals. And that's what happened for us in that first part of the season. And I think the signs now that the injury list's building up. I'm not sure whether you had this in the 18 months that he was at Crystal Palace, but we're having soft tissue injuries, hamstring injuries, which, you know, we, we've never really suffered from over the last few years. They're starting to materialise now. And when you do, you're digging into Bruce's managerial career at, you know, at, at these other clubs, whether it's Aston Villa or Sheffield Wednesday in particular, huge amounts of injuries and players going on the, on, on, on the sick list. And it, it, it's worrying, it really is. And I, I just feel that, um, you know, if there's a team to drop like a proverbial stone in the running, then it's going to be Newcastle. What kind, of game is this, what kind of game is this going to be, Steve? It's not going to be one for the, not going to be one for the purest. Oh, excellent. The, OK, I look forward to that then. There's going to be no, there's, there's not going to be any goal mouth action. I wouldn't imagine. Um, the, the one bonus we have is we've got a good defence and we've got a good goalkeeper. Um, it's going to be a one niller. I think. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I think Palace though have got enough in their lock at to, to 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 unlock that back four. The Bravka's our best player, the goalkeeper. He's he's superb. I think. We had the battle of the two best keepers last weekend um, in the division. Best keepers in the sense that they faced the most shots. And and, and ultimately, he, he has been our saviour on more than one occasion. If Dubravka has a good day, then Newcastle can always get something. But I think if Palace get the first goal, New, Newcastle will be looking down the barrel of a gun. It's, uh, it's an opportunity for for one of the teams to get three valuable points and get themselves out of any you know out of the relegation battle or a bit further away. But the team that loses is going to have a, a, a tough run in. I think best, best keeper for facing the most shots is surely another way of saying you've got the worst defence. I'll tell you what, you're, <laughs> high, you're, you're highlighting <laughs> your keeper as your star man. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely am. We got we got problems am. there. You're describing Palace there. We seem to be in a bit of a free fall. So being interesting. It is a very important game because both teams need the points. We need that kind of impetus to to just get us started again because we have been very, very, very poor indeed. What are the odds of Townsend coming on and scoring a winner for us, though, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Townsend, great player when he was at Newcastle, of course, just, just on loan. Um, you know, he chose to, to go to Palace and, and stay in London, which, you know, we, you can't blame him. That's that's what he wanted to do. But, you know, we were, we were sad to see him go. I think he would have made a big difference to Newcastle's team. But you've got players who on their day can change the game up front. We haven't got that, you know. We've got Joe Linton, who, 
you know, he, he claims to be Brazilian, but you know, he scored, <laughs> he scored, he scored one goal in in the Premier League against Tottenham Hotspur. You know, he played, you know, played two third division, you know, two two second division, but two third division as, as I would say. I'm 48, so you, you, you'd understand why I would say third division teams. But it, you look at that and you think, you know, he, he struggled to score against them. I think he scored in the in the last minute of. Of, of, of extra time against the third division team, he, he just he, he looked out of place against them, and he's not going to score us goals. We've got Saint Maxim, who is a great player going forward. He's very, you know, he's attack minded, but his final ball leaves a lot to be desired, and he can't find the back of the net. And we've got Almiron as well, who again got a lot of pace and a lot of tricks, but finds it difficult to hit the back of the net. Although he scored a few more this season than he did last. I but, better get some predictions. We've only got a minute or so left, uh, Steve. Such, yeah. such is your passion. What's your prediction? Prediction for me, I think a 1-0 win for Palace. There we go, boys. You'd say that, wouldn't you? What, what are you thinking? I'd, I'd say 2-0 Palace. Uh, if we can stop St. Maxime um, from creating or scoring, he doesn't score a lot, I know that, but he's a bit like our old Balassi when he used to play well but never score. I'm going to say 2-1 to Palace. Uh, Steve, great to have you on. Enjoy it if you can at the weekend. I will do, lads. Hey, anything, anything will be a bonus to us. Have a good weekend. Nice to speak. <laughs> Great, Sammy. I love that he claims to be Brazilian, <laughs> perhaps from the Lucas Labour uh, locker. Would you take a Would you take a Steve Bruce Roy Hodgson swap? That's no. a good question. I was thinking that actually. Um, I would take Steve Bruce over Alan Pardew. That wasn't the question, though. Was um, it? But um, would I take a, Would I do a swap, for Steve Bruce and Roy Hodgson? Mm, no. I'd take Dougie Freeman over Steve Bruce. Right. Well, that wasn't the question either. Anyway, we're out of time. Uh, great to meet you both. Um, and you. I enjoyed that a lot. The Crystal Palace fan show uh, returns, of course, Nick Gillard and James Howard on Love Sport Radio. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.